0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Southside Jena podcast with Charlie and Zidane. Hope you guys enjoyed last episode. Just like I said last episode, lots of baseball, on. what do we got?
1: We have a week of baseball to cover. We got the last two of the Royal Series, the entire Indian Series. Sadly, the Red Sox game did get delayed, but we'll see about that series obviously next episode. So we have to obviously recap each game, talk about a little, a little bit for each game, some notes we had some players that type of stuff as usual we obviously have to talk about Carlos Rodon's no hitter 20th in White Sox history second within five days with Joe Musgrove we're gonna have a whole section on that that should be fun then finally we're gonna have three keys to the series in our Red Sox White Sox preview should be a pretty fun series this early in the season so Charlie you want to start us off
0: Yeah, so just a few things before we start off. Um, We're not going to do pitching matchups for the Red Sox. Just nothing too interesting, but we got to keep this one short. MLB The Show, obviously, came out last night at 11 our time, and we want to play it. But this episode should be fun. So we had the first game of the Royals versus White Sox game in that series. And to be honest with you guys, I don't really remember lot of um the second and third game but we'll see so the second game was a four three loss I always write some takeaways and I wrote we keep walking a lot which is good we accidentally uh didn't talk about that we were going to talk about how much we've been walking and we didn't last episode but obviously the trend continued with the second game in the Royal series uh kept walking a lot the the scoring with runners and scoring position still seems to be a problem um Nothing much for that game, Zidane. Do you remember much? Cease also pitched. How did how did, his, uh, how did his outing go?
1: He had a pretty good outing for Dylan Cease. Obviously, first was not what we wanted, but he only gave up four hits, one run, three walks, which is still not good. Six strikeouts, you know. It's a pretty good inning for Dylan, outing for Dylan Cease. A player I would like to spotlight mainly is Michael Kopek. He threw, I believe, two innings plus one at bat in the third. Uh, he had three strikeouts. He didn't give up a hit, walk, or an run. He was great as usual. And uh, Adam Eden was pretty clutch in this game, helped us come back. Eventually, we did lose, though. Charlie, what do you have for the second? I believe, sorry, the third Royals game.
0: Yeah, so I'll go to my takeaways right here. It was the sweat. You mean the third, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess my notes just absolutely disappeared.
1: I guess you're gonna have to talk about this one. Sorry, man. Okay, well, this <clears throat> would be interesting. But uh we have the third and final Royals loss. It was a loss four to three in extras. It was not that good of a game by us. I definitely think we Wait a second. Wait. I believe I messed this up, Charlie. I'm confused. There was only two games of the World There was only two games. The second game was postponed. We just talked about the third game. Yeah. Okay, that was the third game. I guess that's what happens. Now, now, we go into Indian Series. A 4-3 win by the White Sox. Uh, Do you have your notes for this, Charlie?
0: Yes, I do. So, I just wrote why Nick Williams like he was, he got, he ended up getting DFA'd, but like it was going to happen now with Tim back, you know, we don't really have to worry about that, but I didn't really understand why he was, why Tony La Russa was playing him, but Adam Eaton, free run bomb in the third, like once he has good swings, he will get hit. Sometimes he's waving at it outside, outside and in, outside and uh, not outside and in, outside and low, not too good with those pitches. Abreu looked pretty cold in that game um let's see that's Grandal stranded bases loaded um what i wrote for williams is just why is vaughn on the roster if he's not being played but he's going to be he's being played more he gonna be played two games in a row so that's good uh dallas keigel pitched that game he gave up a two-run bomb in the second his changeup was looking good two strikeouts um beginning of the fourth inning um final line was five innings pitched Three hits, two strikeouts, and three in runs. Obviously not going to get you uh, some crazy strikeout, crazy strikeouts, amount of strikeouts. But didn't pitch a lot of innings, which I didn't really like. Evan Marshall, sack fly for a run. Aaron Bummer didn't really look that good. Uh, Zidane, what did you think of uh,
1: Cody Hoyer? I thought Cody Hoyer pitched great in this outing. He had four strikeouts and only allowed one hit in 2.1 innings. That's a great outing. He has been one of the most solid bullpen guys Through this season, you know, a lot of guys, Bummer, Crochet, and Liam Hendricks, they haven't looked like their best selves yet. So it's always great to get that. And again, Adam Eaton seems to be playing well. I believe he's up to 10 RBIs on the season right now. He's playing quite well, and I'm genuinely surprised. What about you, Troy, on Adam Eaton? Yeah, Ian, we both did not like the pickup of
0: Adam Eaton, but... He's got that grit, like everyone says on White Sox Twitter. So, um, you know, it's a good pickup, and he's going to be in the he's going to be in the in the lineup every day. So, I'm excited that he's doing good. Now, Justin, Fr- I'm not Justin. Shane freaking Beaver. Justin Beaver. <laughs> not on, not on a baseball podcast. I don't think. Um, Shane Beaver, what a performance! Did I? Final two zero loss in ten innings.
1: What'd you think? Shane Bieber is really good at baseball, I'll tell you that. He went nine innings, three hits, one walk, and 11 Ks. And I'm going to be honest, he did not look that, like, dominant through, like, the first three innings. I believe he – I don't I don't think he even had a strikeout. But then fourth inning on, it was just the Shane Bieber show. Even as Lucas DiLito pitched a gem, went seven innings, had eight strikeouts, only go, gave up three hits and two walks, That's a great pitching performance. But when Shane Bieber is just dominating like that, there's not much you can do. Obviously they get the late runs against, I believe, Garrett Crochet, if I'm not mistaken. And it just sucks to see. Again, we hate the extra innings rule. We've talked about it before. Saw it in that second-slash-third Royals game. Just – a great pitching performance by both pitchers. So if you like pitching matchups, great game. But otherwise, bad loss by the White Sox. Charlie, what do you have on this? Yeah, Giolito,
0: awesome. Lauren Giolito, this guy's changeup looked absolutely nasty. He was fooling J Ram in the first at least two times in that at bat. Um, we had a great second inning um after giving off giving up a leadoff double. Lucas Giolito. This stat was shown in the third. He had seven 0-2 counts, which is good. He's getting the heading counts. Unlike Cease, obviously, means it. On i have talked about if Cease gets a heading counts, he will. He has the stuff to strike out batters and get outs. Giolito, he gets a heading counts, so it doesn't matter. This guy's awesome. Bieber, Giolito, two of – I mean, you can argue what you want about best pitchers in the American League, but on their day, they are amazing. Um, that's all I have for Lucas Giolito. Evan Marshall pitched that game. Uh, Liam Hendricks finally didn't give up a home run when he pitched. So that was decent. Uh, he struck out J Ram, uh, pop out. Um, he g- drew a pop out from Eddie Rosario strikes out for Emil Reyes with three outs there. Garrett Crochet, like you said, poor, poor play by him. But in the third game, I mean, the third game, talk about the hitting. Don't talk about the pitching. Cause we got a whole segment for Mr. Rodon.
1: We do, but hitting was on point. You saw it in the first inning. The Yerminator, Yermin Mercedes. It's another bomb. AO rookie of the year. I mean, it was insane. Yamankada, player I've been waiting to, you know, kind of stop get hot. He played pretty well. Everybody, everybody honestly hit well, I believe. Adam Eden got a hit. Luis Robert had went two for five. Jose Brey did not get a hit, but he did walk, which is good to see from Jose Brey this year. And just everybody was good other than really Zach Collins he didn't get on base, but just a great performance by the White Sox hitting wise. Now, obviously pitching, we talk about later, but Charlie, what do you have on this hitting performance?
0: Yeah. Specifically, I thought magical looked awesome. Great single, very good contact. Um, every single time, pretty much. This guy never strikes out. Um, he doesn't swing and miss a lot. Obviously Benetti and stone talk about that all the time. Um, my takeaways, I just got yeah, Carlos Jordan, obviously, never bench Jerman, Mercedes. Obviously, when Eli comes back, it's going to be a whole different situation. But that that home run was absolutely murdered. Like I was I laughed. I just laughed. I just I was just laughing. I'm like, what can you really do about this guy? Um, my more, you know, in-depth sort of takeaway was let Vaughn develop. He needs the experience and he looked pretty decent. All of his at-bats are good. You just need to give him some time, and then he'll get the home runs. He'll get the doubles, you know, the power hitting that you are going to get from Andrew Vaughn at least in a year, and it's going to come. But Andrew Vaughn obviously looked decent. Larry Garcia finally did something, double in the first. He had a good defensive play in the top of the fifth. Um, one-hop rocket off of uh, Perez. Don't like Perez, obviously. Um, Rodan will talk about. That's all I really have for the third game. The fourth game, you know, pretty decent, but didn't go our ways. What you
1: have? Uh fourth game, uh hitting was not on point at all basically through this entire game. You're at top of the first, you caught know, a single got an RBI, that's great. But then obviously we didn't do much after that. So I'm basically gonna be talking about pitching this entire time. Lance Lane, I thought, pitched very well. He went six innings, ten K's, obviously gave up that J Ram bomb. But if Jose Ramirez wants to hit a home run, what are you gonna do? I thought Garrett Crochet again a little bit shaky. Would definitely like him, you know, to start pumping one on one again. We'll see what happens with that arm. Michael Kopek, he did give up a run, but I mean he only gave up a hit, one walk, still two K's, still very impressed with him. And another player I'm very impressed in this bullpen. Jose Ruiz. He went in and I thought he pitched pretty well. Surely, uh, I think you would agree with most of those takes on the pitcher. Yeah,
0: definitely. Lynn. His velocity, when you say his velocity is there, it is there, there. This guy is throwing heaters. I'm telling you, that high fastball, a high 4 fastball will get anyone in this league. It is one of the best fastballs I've seen in a while. Um, I mean, the four-seam was going crazy. I'm just looking at my notes real quick. The velocity went down in the last couple of innings, but he threw six innings. We'll take it. Um, Obviously, Crochet. Talk about velocity. His has gone down off of last year. We would have loved to see Kopech and Crochet firing 101 pretty much every time, but that's not going to happen. And Kopech, obviously, threw some heat in the, his first appearance of the season. That's gone down as well. But Kopech, we're not worried about. He's there. But Crochet's location looked looked off. um Good shot on the Jose Ruiz um outing outing, if you want to call it whatever. um But that Andrew Vaughn, if you want to call it a rob robbed home run, I guess you can. But I thought it would, you know, probably hit hit the yellow, maybe bounce off the wall. But this guy hasn't played left field since, since like middle school or something, I heard Benetti say. Great backhand catch. Um I mean, he maybe robbed it. I'm not really sure. But of course, all of his, you know, if you want to call it acrobatic catches that he's gonna have are gonna look pretty uncomfortable, but he made the play. That's that's good. Um let's see, what else do I got? Jose Abreu's error in the eighth caused the run, and he did not have a good game. I'm going to tell you that right now. The only thing I'm going to say about that, we'll talk about this later, but I'm just going to give you a quick overview of what we're going to say. Jose Abreu will feel more comfortable with Tim in the lineup, but he hasn't. That first game, he did not look comfortable, and he is actually a pretty good defensive first baseman. I mean, you're not going to see him. I mean, I don't really know. I'm going to say you're not going to really see him make gems in the field but he did save rodon's no hitter so that was awesome but um that a run from a bread you caused a run i mean whatever uh tim anderson looked solid the first pitch of the game he got a hit so that was fun to see him back that is it for the games Zidane, any anything to wrap it up how are we feeling about Larusso? bullpen looking good what do you got
1: uh i think this was just generally as the white sox season has been up and down, you know, sometimes we look like the White Sox want to be. Sometimes we just look like a terrible hitting team. Sometimes our pitching is on point, but we just can't get a base hit. Sometimes we're hitting balls out of the park every time, and then we don't pitch. I mean, I think eventually this will all just bounce out. We'll be back. Once players just keep getting comfortable, you know, hopefully we see some more arms develop and we'll be fine. But, Charlie, the biggest White Sox news of this week, the most important thing, we have to talk about it. Carlos Rodan, he threw the 20th no-hitter in White Sox history. What do you have on him?
0: I'm going to say what he said in the interview. It sucks that he couldn't get the perfect game after Perez. If you watch, we, we haven't been putting these out on YouTube, but if you, you can probably tell by my voice. Um, he couldn't move out of the way and it hit his toe. But um, that's whatever. No-hitter is a no-hitter. We'll take that. Perfect game would have been crazy, though. You're not seeing those too often. But I got I got a bunch on Rodon, and I think this is important. I'll definitely upload clips of, of what we're about to say because I think we got some good insight on this. I, it is def, it is 100% fair to say that Zanon and I were not high on him, and we were not mad that he got non-tendered. Zanon, would you agree? Absolutely. Okay. He definitely used his non-tendering. I don't know how to. I don't know how people say it as motivation. He looked great in the spring, and we've talked about it. I believe in one episode, his off-season was awesome. He started working out a lot. He started. I think eating healthier. I watched the video on that. But no matter what position you play, at the end of the day, you are an athlete, and you have to train like one. That's what he did, and it could be you. that. That's probably really clear of. How am I supposed to say this? That's probably clear of why he got all these injuries. He wasn't training hard. He wasn't eating well. I don't care if you're a starting pitcher. I don't care if you're a DH. You have to eat well. You have to train. Obviously, that's logical, but apparently Rodon wasn't doing that, and that might have caused some of his injuries. If we look at some articles, we got a Yard Barker article title. This is a title that they made in June of last year about Rodon, the slow decline of a former top three pick. I'm sure he's read that article. This guy, he seems like a motivated guy. He's clearly a change player. And all of this news coverage motivate him, like I just said. He talked about it in the interview that when he got non-tendered, he knew he still had something to prove. He definitely got extra motivation. And his start was moved because he was sick. So if you want to call it a flu game, whatever you want to call it, but that probably motivate him, motivated him as well. Zidane. I know we were going crazy when Rodon got the final out. I used the reverse jinx, saying that he wasn't going to get the no-hitter because I knew it. So, what do you got?
1: I mean, I'm going to do another sports analogy because I'm a big NFL, big NBA fan, and you think about, like, the best players right now, LeBron James, specifically Tom Brady. They're well into past their primes, Like, I guess you could say Brady, he is nearly 45. LeBron, I believe he's 37, 36. And the main thing that these guys have about them is the way they train, the way they rehab their bodies. Like Tom Brady, his TB12, whatever, his company, which is basically that. And that's why he's able to play at such a high level. And I think that's something Carlos Radon just realized this offseason. If you just look at him from this year compared to the years before, he is completely different. I believe he lost 15 to 20 pounds this offseason. And I think there was that non-tender, as you said, and motivated him. He's like, my future is not completely safe. Because rookies can come in in this league, other leagues as well, and be like, "Ah, I got a four-year contract. I'll be fine. Even if I don't play well, I'll still get paid. Then he's like, okay, I'm not doing it. I've been injured before. I used to be super hyped up. But people are like, I'm getting non-tender. That's not what I want. And he focused on himself and his body. And I think you're just seeing the results. I mean, spring training, he was electric. He was one of our best pitchers on the roster. Then he comes in against Seattle, pitches an absolute gem. He pitched amazing during that game. Then he comes out and does this. And I think it also speaks to his motivation because I know if you saw this, Charlie, but his fastball was not as dominant at the start than, when it, than it was in Seattle and later in the game. And Seattle was hitting 95, 94 consistently but in this game, it was more 92, but he kept working. He kept doing, he kept hitting his spots. He hit like 97, like really late in the game, right? Exactly. I believe like pitch 110 or 114, that's just motivation. Your body shouldn't be able to do that, but he was, and it does suck about that hit in the toe with Roberto Perez. I mean, barely, it was just barely there. And, Sure, you can say about Roberto Perez getting out of the way or anything, but I'll take a no hitter. I I definitely know Carlos Rodon will take a no hitter. It's just great to see. You love to see a comeback story, and I think that's this the one of one of the best ones for the White Sox that I can think of. Uh, Charlie, anything else to add? No, awesome, awesome by Rodon. Let's move into the Red
0: Sox preview. Nine straight wins. I think it is. It on am I right on that?
1: I believe before they got beat by the twins. Before, before they got yeah.
0: Nine nine straight wins before. They're looking hot, Zanon.
1: They're looking really, really good. Do you have anything early before we go into the keys? Uh no, because everything I have will definitely be talking about with the keys.
0: All right. So I got a few things. I was reading up on a sports illustrated sports illustrated article by Matt Martell. Got a few quotes here he's talking about their, um, offensive outbursts. He says at least part of Boston's offensive outburst can be attributed to the pitchers, uh, they have faced. So he's pretty much saying that, um, they haven't faced good pitchers. Obviously they played the Orioles. Um, Michael Waka isn't really that good anymore that they played the Rays, but they did beat Maeda and Barrios. So that's pretty good. And JD Martinez it on how crazy
1: has he been going? He has been one of the best MLB player, MLB hitters through this season so far. I believe he's number one in RBIs. He's near the top in hits as well. And I believe he is tied for, or at least in the top five in OPS. He's just been one of the best DHs or the best players in the MLB. You have Xander Bogarts, their shortstop as well. And I believe this will lead straight into our first key. With just stopping those hot bats on Boston, obviously their offense has basically carried them through this. Their pitching isn't that good. You have Alex Redugo, Rafael Devers, Bobby Dalbec, Michael Chavis. I mean, it is a pretty stacked team. They just underperformed last year, and you seen them come out really well. And I think it's a big thing for the White Sox to not have J.D. Martinez hitting three home runs on three run home runs on them. Charlie, what do you have on the? Boston Red Sox offense.
0: Yeah. Let's put two of our keys together because they kind of go hand in hand stopping a hot team and our pitching has to stay hot. The reason we stop a hot team is the only reason we're going to stop them is for our pitching to stay hot. Our rotation is looking awesome. I think it looks really, really good right now. And if Keiko can just go that extra one, one and a half, two innings, I think that'll be, that'll be good. Lance Lynn, he's there. Rodon, he's there. I mean, Cease, has got to perform. I think it's not so crazy, crazy important because we do have a good um, top three. But once Cease is there, him and Rodon late in the rotation, when we're playing four-game series and they they come up in the fourth in the fourth game, either one of them, they're going to wipe that team out, out of the water. And with Cease's stuff, he's just got to get the location down and he'll be set. Giolito, I mean... This guy looks amazing and Lance Lynn that is a very 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 good addition. I also hope Dane Dunning is doing good in Texas over the course of the season means I will definitely be rooting for them. But JD Martinez is their main guy and this guy he like his stats are kind of ridiculous over his first 11 games hitting 378 1307 OPS, 5 home runs. 5 home runs. I mean this guy's looking like Euron Mercedes out here, and I don't want to face Euron Mercedes on the other team. Boston, they're sneaky. I mean, some people put them high in their division predictions. That division is pretty confusing. With They, have, they do have some sneaky teams, and the Red Sox are definitely one of them. Zan, we got to wake up our bats.
1: I think this may be the most important key, especially for us Red Sox fans. And I'll start with one player, basically. Who I think is the most important to this lineup and has just not performed, Jose Abreu. He had a relatively good first week of the season, but he has definitely gotten cold. And again, I believe we said it last episode too. He just looks jumpy in the batter's box. You know, Jose Abreu is swinging at pitches. He swings at a lot of sliders, a lot of pitches in the dirt that he would never swing at before in 2019 and 2020. I think he is still affected by the loss of Eloy. Then you had Tim Anderson go out, and it's just basically him, and he kind of feels alone in producing runs. And as you said, we have Tim Anderson back. He went two for five in his debut. That's a good Tim Anderson play. And we're hoping that with Tim Tim Anderson in the one spot, more talent surrounded by Jose Breu, he'll be able to calm down and take each at-bat patiently, and do more with it and then my favorite player who I still think is a great third baseman he's gotten much better defensively over that fielding career. is crazy i I making I've notes about that every game Yohan Mancada, as you know I think his batting average and his strikeouts will not tell you this but I think he has played relatively well he is swinging at some pitches he shouldn't be but I still think he takes a lot is he He walked pretty well up until this Indian series. And he's still such a great player. And I think my main point is put him in the two spot. Adam Eden has produced. I'll say that. I mean, I was wrong about him so far. He has produced with, I believe, the second most RBIs, if not the most, on the White Sox team. But Yomankati, he's just more comfortable. He's just a better player in that two spot. That's really just main two players, but there's even more on this team with Yasmani Grandal And, Charlie, I'll definitely know you're probably getting into that. What do you have with waking up the White Sox bats? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned – I
0: mean, I guess I could start this off with a question. If you want to talk about that second spot, we saw Robert there. How do you think moving him down in the order, will it take pressure off him? Will he perform better? Because he's looked decent. Obviously, his his shades of amazing play are – very often, but it's not through every single game. So what do you got?
1: I think I think you were exactly right. I think you could definitely take a lot of pressure off of him because when you're in the one, two, three spot, you're going to have the most at-bats, going to be up there the most, and the team expects you to produce the most. At least Robert, I think he's gotten better as the season went on. I think you would agree as well, obviously defensively. He's going to be a stud, I think, moving down a little. Obviously, keeping six or seven spot probably. I think he could be a great run producer and a great player there. Uh, with that question done, what do you have for a lot of players, actually, on the White Sox who need to wake up?
0: Yeah, I mean, I talked about Luis. I mean, he's, he's going to get there. Obviously, it would be nice for him to wake up now, but we can leave him there for now. Jose Abreu, MVP. You can say what you want about a fraudulent MVP in a 60-game season. I don't care. Jose Abreu is Jose Abreu, and you know how he's going to perform. I mean, as the weather is going to get – as the weather gets warmer, I always feel like he plays better. I don't know why. But Abreu, he's looked pretty, pretty – I'm going to say he's looked bad, honestly. Like, he's, he's swinging at some poor pitches um his eyes aren't quite there yet you know like how uh, Luis was looking like first couple games of the season but he'll get there eventually but against the Red Sox a good hot team it's a perfect time to heat up uh Yasmany Grandal his bat's got to wake up I feel like he hasn't looked that good I want some home runs out of him I feel like those bat. every time he doesn't really flip the bat he just stands there and looks at the ball like how he did in uh, Oakland last year um If we want to talk about bats, we got to talk about a guy that I think he doesn't always – he's not going to be there, but he's not going to always heat up, but he's got to do something. When Larry Garcia is playing, he's going to have to do well. Obviously, he's not going to get some crazy amount of playing time because Tim Anderson's back now, but Tim Anderson's going to have some rest days. I don't know if you recognize this. We didn't talk about the bench clearing and that, not really a brawl. It wasn't really a brawl, but how the bench is clear, obviously not very COVID friendly, but um, did you see Tim Anderson, when he ran over there, he like halted up a bit and he like held his leg. He held his hamstring. Did you see, did you see that?
1: Mm-hmm. It was interesting.
0: Yeah. I think that's kind of weird because he that makes me think he's gonna get some days off. Not like now, but he's like over the course of the season. If it's not fully healed, Flurry's gonna have to step in, and he's gonna have to he's gonna have to you know play good. So obviously that's a big one. Zidane. What else you got?
1: Uh, I think mainly I'll talk about Yasmani. Mainly, you know, Yasmani. I think he's put up quality at bats. I think it has – same thing with Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn, obviously batting average, you know, it's, it doesn't look good, but that doesn't take into account that he's putting up quality at bat after quality at bat. He doesn't strike out a lot. He's averaging the most pitches seen per bat of any White Sox player. That's great to see. And that's the same thing when Yosemite Grandel. He has great plate vision, but the main thing is just get on base, take a walk, get a hit. We just, I think it's the same thing I'll just wrap this in with Andrew Vaughn, him and Andrew Vaughn. I think they just need to get a little bit lucky. Same thing when you're on Moncada too, just get some hits, get some to drop. And then that on base and batting average will all go up. And I think we'll just be happy to see that. Uh, Charlie, do you have anything else on waking up White Sox bats?
0: Yeah, we'll wrap this episode up pretty soon, but I definitely agree with you getting on base breeds confidence. And that's what guys like Vaughn need. Um, he he's a young guy. Like he did, he hasn't played Triple A baseball, and he'll get there eventually. But obviously, it would be nice for him to heat up. But I don't want to put so much pressure on the young guys. It's not it's not right. But Zanon, if you don't have anything else to say, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Actually, wait one more. Make sure you guys follow us, follow us on Twitter at Southside Agenda. We are obviously live tweeting for most of the games, and we'll notify you like I say every episode. And now we went back to Zoom with recording now and we're going to be posting clips on tiktok so go follow us there i'm sure if you type in Southside agenda we'll come up and we're just waiting to get in person recording podcast in person because that's when the quality will go up and we'll put so much time into recording episodes for you guys but is it anything else before i end it off
1: uh just talk about twitter i think uh, you can i both agree we're just going to be tweeting more and more during the games uh just it's a great thing with white Sox twitter it's a great community and We're happy to be a part of it. Go check it out.
0: All right, guys.
1: We will see you next Friday. Hope you guys are enjoying these weekly episodes. Thank you, guys.